we just started this new sermon series last week called This is Hope. And, uh, and it's crazy. We actually planned this series um, months ago, long, long before we found ourselves in this, this predicament together. And, uh, and the idea behind this series was that we would lead it into Easter and we would look at how Jesus took a desperate situation in someone's life and he transformed it into hope. And that's how we know God is good, right? Uh, we didn't have to change anything, not even our scriptures. We are sticking with this theme um, and as we get started, as I said, I want us to be interactive. I want you to keep your keyboards ready, and I've got your comments up here right on the screen. And I have a few questions for you before we jump into our sermon today, and here's my first question. Um, in the comments section, I want us to share one thing, if you would, one thing that has caused you concern or anxiety or fear in the last week. Just write those th thoughts out. One thing that has caused you concern or fear or anxiety in the last week. Will you just write those out? We're just gonna pause for a minute. I just wanna see some of those come up and see uh, where we're at together. What are your biggest fears right now? Panic buying, that's, that's true. That's true even here in town. Although I heard a great story last week of uh, someone who was in need of toilet paper. They were checking out and they realized they couldn't find any. And the, the man uh, who was in front of them uh, had an extra uh, case in his um, cart. And so he just put it in the cart behind him. Who knew a random act of kindness would involve teepee? Here we are. The health for each other, job loss, the economy, our families, money, the health of loved ones. Keep them coming. So we're in a staff meeting uh, earlier this week talking about this very question, and I, one of our staff said it really well. He said, uh, we now live in a world where we're terrified of a doorknob. I watched this morning as just a few of us came in, and we were opening doors with tissues, and I was turning lights on with my knuckles. And, um, you know, the idea is that th this virus could be anywhere, and therefore it is everywhere. I was thinking about this earlier this week um, you know, we're Montanans, if, if you're joining with us from Montana. Let me tell you a little bit about what that means if you're not. Um, we're used to this concept because we live in grizzly country, right? Um, the grizzly could be anywhere, therefore it's everywhere, and that's why we carry bear spray. But now it's a can of Lysol. Someone coughs or they sneeze and we notice it. Um, and I think the solid ground that we were all standing on just weeks ago for some reason now is really shaky. I don't have to tell you, our markets are in turmoil. They will be this week. Some of us, even in our own church, have been laid off. Um, some are scared of losing our business. Um, others have told me they've lost upwards of a third of their retirement portfolio. And I guess what I'm saying here this morning is that we all know what fear is, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But what I really want us to talk about today is hope. And to do that, we're going to read the story of Jesus and his encounter with this desperate and this disabled man. He's lying near this pool in this place called Bethesda. And the waters of this famous pool were said to bring healing to those in need. Um, and yet, because of his paralysis, he can't get to the water. And yet, Christ has this plan that's going to change his life forever. Um, so let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in. Will you pray with me? God, we just ask as we open up your word this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us. God, we, we know that the grass withers and the flower fades, but this word that is yours endures forever. And so we just pray, God, would you uh, make it 
the solid ground by which we stand in Jesus' name this morning. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So hear God's word for your life this week, right now, in this moment. John chapter 5, if you have your Bibles open with me. uh, John chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. Let's listen to God's word. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. So this morning, I want to talk with you for just a few minutes about barriers to hope. We're going to apply this story in three very specific ways this week so that we can remember it all week, and this is what it looks like. Um, First, we're going to talk about living our lives upward. Second, we're going to take some time to look inward. And finally, this morning, we're going to wrap up our time today by looking outward. Upward, inward, and outward. So this last week we've been holed up in the house more than usual, and I know many of you have as well. And um, we've been trying everything we can do to keep the girls busy. We've had a lot of times of joy, and I won't lie to you, some times where patience has been tested. Uh, but my five-year-old girl, she's um, Taylor, she's uh, been doing online ballet classes. And so I can speak with good authority that I now know what a plie is. Um, so, uh, so maybe you'll see that, maybe you won't, but certainly not today. Um, but for some reason, our new favorite game in regards to dances and, and, and activities is called Going on a Bear Hunt. I don't know if you've heard about this. You, you might remember it from your childhood, but it goes like this. It goes, I'm going on a bear hunt, I'm going on a bear hunt. Bought my binoculars, I got my binoculars. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. And as we're marching around in the house and we're playing this game, I sort of had this out-of-body existential thought of, are you? Are you maybe just a a little bit scared? And I I feel like at any moment, um, for all of us, it's nearly impossible to figure out if we're overreacting to this situation or underreacting. What was crazy talk yesterday is now reality today. You know, in the West, we're really not used to a, an uncertain life like this. Um, in many nations and even throughout history, this was life. Humans knew that life was fragile. If you grew up in the days of the bubonic plague or the plagues of Justinian or the, the cholera pandemics, this was everyday reality. You know, we think about it, it doesn't make sense to us. We live in this day of possibility and technology. We have Computers that tell us what the weather patterns will be tomorrow. We have robots that perform surgeries on us. And yet, this pandemic forces us to be faced with this reality that life is not as predictable as we thought. So Jesus comes to this pool where people gathered with like the highest hopes, right? In fact, for many, it was their last hope. There's this idea that if you got to the water, the water would be stirred. And in that stirring, a miracle would take place. 
And this town called Bethesda was fed by aqueducts that led down to this pool with porches. And there were these steps that they created down into the water. Family would bring their disabled down there, hoping for a miracle. And this paralytic, he can see the water. He can see people being healed in the water, but he can't get there. The Bible tells us this went on for 38 years. Look at this in verse 6 with me. It says, Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew he had already been there a long time. This man had been longing and hoping and praying. But here's what I want us to notice this morning. Jesus knew. That's what it means to look upward. It's to remember that God knows. He knows our heart. He knows our fears. He knows our insecurities. He knows this situation full well. You know, it's crazy to me. This tiny little bug has wreaked havoc on our world, taken us all by storm. And even though we might all be a little bit shell-shocked, I can promise you this. God is not. He is still all-knowing. He is still almighty, and he is still good. The Bible tells us, and I love this, he can tell you every hair that's on your head. He can count them for us. And so the question, at least for me this week, is when was the last time I looked up? Dr. David Jeremiah um, talked earlier this week about this prayer of King Jehoshaphat thousands of years ago. And as I listened to this prayer, it struck me how relevant this really is for us right now in this moment. And let me just set this up. Um, all of Judah was surrounded by this enemy, right? And so Jehoshaphat calls on God's people to come to the temple and to pray. And this is what they pray. Just listen to this. Second Chronicles 20 verse 12 says this. For we have no power to face this vast enemy that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Let me say that again. We do not know what to do, so our eyes are on you. You know, no one in our lifetime would even fathom that something like this would take place. It hasn't in our lives. And I feel like we have this choice right now. We can continue to anticipate the next headline. We can fuel the gossip of, of what's coming next and who shut down where and where the virus is spreading. Or we can focus on the rock of all ages who already knows. The second Jesus walked up to this man, he knew his situation intimately. Look up. I want to invite you just for a minute to close your eyes and listen to this from Isaiah 60. It says this. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you for behold darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen on you. Look up. The second challenge that we have as we do that is that we spend some time looking inward this week. Um, uh, Cyprian was the, the bishop of Carthage back in AD two, uh, 251. And, and there was this plague that had spread through the, his empire. People were fleeing towns all over the place to escape it. Uh, the history books tell us some towns disappeared forever, never recovered. And in the midst of this pandemic, as he watched humanity, he, he saw it at its finest and its worst. And this is what he said. Look at this on your screen. He said, how suitable 
How necessary is it that this plague and pestilence, which seems horrible and deadly, searches out the justice of each and every one and examines the mind of the human race? Whether the healthy care for the sick, whether relatives dutifully love kinsmen as they should, and whether physicians remain with the afflicted. I love how one colleague put it earlier this week. Um, he said, a crisis has a way of searching us. A crisis has a way of searching us. It exposes our most intimate vulnerabilities, our anxieties. It, it heightens our emotions. It, it pushes our patience. It uncovers the cracks that are in our hearts. It reveals the human condition because suddenly we realize we're not nearly as control as we thought. So let me just ask you a rhetorical question. This one's not for the comments. This one's for your heart. What has this pandemic revealed about you? You've probably heard it said, crisis doesn't create character, it reveals it. So Jesus walks up to this man knowing his situation full well. He knew this man's heart. He knew this man's struggle. He knew this man had barriers to hope. And he asks him this life-changing question, one simple inquiry. He said, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? And you know, when it comes to the virus, I know that's our prayer, that, that God would heal our land. We would answer that in the affirmative. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. And I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about either. I'm talking about something far deeper with far more eternal implications. See, here's what a pandemic does to us. The trust that we placed in our temporary life is now revealed. The, the idols of our money are now exposed. Our lack of Sabbath keeping and our misplaced priorities of God and family are now suddenly laid bare. Our, our pride in thinking that we're in control and that somehow we have this life in hand is now uncovered. And here's Jesus with one simple question. Do you want to be made well? I'm reminded of the story of Elijah standing on this mountaintop. He's terrified of the enemy coming for him. And as he was waiting for God to speak to him, um, he wondered where God would be coming from. And so this massive wind comes up, the Bible tells us, and it tears up the mountain. He thought, that's got to be God. But the scriptures say God wasn't in the wind. And after the wind came this earthquake, right? Shook the foundation of the mountain, Utah and Colorado. You know what I'm talking about if you're listening in. But God wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there came this raging fire right up the mountainside, but the Lord wasn't in the fire either. And after the fire came a still, soft voice. And there was the Lord Almighty. What is God whispering to your heart right now? And are you listening for it? Are you looking to God's word for it? Are you praying for it? Look up, look in, and finally this week, we have this challenge to look outward. A.W. Tozer said, a frightened world needs a fearless church. Let me say that one more time. A frightened world needs a fearless church. Again, back to our lesson, look at this in verse 7. Jesus comes to this desperate man and he asks him if he wants to be healed. And the man gives Christ every legitimate excuse you can think of because all he can see for his hope is the water. He tells Christ, I have no one to help me, I'm stuck. 
He tells Jesus, when I'm trying to get in, people cut in line. All he could see was hopelessness. And here's the powerful part. Um, In one word, Jesus removes every barrier to hope this man ever had, every one. And he tells him, get up and take your mat and walk. I've heard this week, I've heard some of us wonder if the church is now paralyzed. Some of us are asking, will the church come back after this? Will we look the same? Will we have funds to do the ministry that God's calling us to do? Will we be stuck apart and for how long? Is this a new normal? This is what I would say today. I don't think we're paralyzed. I think we're now mobilized. The church has literally left the building, guys. And this morning we have this this call to get up and to take our mat and to follow him. And I, I want to get really tangible about what that means for a minute and just show you what I'm talking about. Um, because we have opportunities right now to love our neighbors in this valley as we've said we're about as a church. Um, one of our friends, I want to invite her in the comments to jump on, is Callie Bosshart. She's a part of Spring Hill. She's working with our homeless population as we speak. Uh, over 100 of them have been forced to leave the warming centers. If you want to connect with her, um, she's going to say hi in the comments, and then after worship, we'll keep the comment feed going, and you can learn more. We're, we're mobilizing our Bags of Hope ministry. We're in connection with HRDC, our, our local um, uh, uh, community assistance. And with snow coming this week, we need you. Callie will help you with that. Um, By now, you've heard of a shortage of PPE gear and face masks. My twin brother works for hospice as a materials manager. Um, He knows all about the shortage. Um, We're working with a group called Medical Masks for Bozeman. Medical Masks for Bozeman, that's on Facebook. Not only in this town, but across the country, we're going to make masks. If you can sew, um, we have the directions and the information. We'll put them in the comments right now. And another church member, uh, Janet Pinnell, is online. She'll jump in here in the comments as well. She can tell you more of how to get involved with that. Um, Finally, we've got something for the kids to do. Um, My wife, Jen, and Tori are leading an effort uh, this week for all of our children to draw pictures with three simple words on them. Three words. You are loved. Color those things up. Make three or four per kid. You are loved. Then we're going to ask that you drop them off at the church or mail them. We want to collect them all by Wednesday. And then we're going to go to as many nursing homes as we can in this valley and we're going to distribute those uh, in order to spread some, some joy. Um, again, please get those by Wednesday. But for the rest of us, it is as simple as this. It's as simple as staying in your homes in order to love on your neighbors. It's as simple as knocking on someone's door when you do leave. Take eight feet back and ask them if they need something at the grocery store, if they need medical supplies, if we can pray for them. And then here's the most important part, and that is the most important part, that we pray. We are still connected together. We need to continue to pray for one another. Use social media, use email, use phone calls and text. The Bible says it like this. Perfect love casts out fear. That is who Jesus is, and that is who we are called to be. So this week, whatever comes our way, we have three challenges. First, look upward. Second, look inward. And finally, look outward. Let me pray for us and lead us in a time of confession as we uh, seek God's face right now. Let me pray. God, 
God, we, we just thank you for loving us, Lord, for being the God of all ages and the, the rock that we can stand on. God, you have called yourself Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. You are sovereign, you are holy, you are perfect, you are mighty, and you are good. So God, I just pray for every heartbeat that we can't see each other face to face, God, that you would connect us. Lord, you've said we're two or more gathered, there you are among us, and we are here we are here online, we are here in this place and in our homes, so God, we just confess to you our lack of faith and we give it back to you. God, we confess to you the idols that we've been living by and we turn our eyes back on you. Or we confess that we've gotten caught up in, in drama and in anxiety and in fear and God, we rest again in you, Lord. Forgive us and lead us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the psalm tells us, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving devotion to the Lord, those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, that infinite amount of distance, God has removed our sins from us. Be made well, be healed, take up your mat and walk. Let's continue in worship as we give of our offerings and tithes. You know, God's people have historically done this in times that are good and in bad and Though we won't give by passing the plate this morning, we have a link online for you to do that as we continue in worship. Let's praise God.